the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Happy New Year to all our contending for the faith, listening, and supporting audience. We are blessed to see a new year in the Lord. With your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell. We're inviting you to call in with your questions and comments and concerns in this brand new year of 2017. Our toll-free number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine don't be shy pick up the phone let us know what's on your mind again that number is one eight 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 f o r k f a x well once again tonight we're going to come back to our series on neither giving place to the devil as we come to the 18th and last demonic d of the devil now when it comes to the new year there are so many promises that we make and break every day One of these promises begins with the letter D and is the 18th and last demonic D of the devil. To find out what that 18th demonic D is, stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you in this new year? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and Happy New Year to you and to all of the listening audience out there. We are so blessed to see a new year, and we thank the Lord for giving us the grace and the mercy and his blessings to see this new year. And thank you, Brother Gary, for that wonderful and powerful introduction. And thank you for joining us for a new edition of Contending for the Faith. We appreciate your prayers and your time with us tonight. And uh, what we're going to do tonight, as Brother Gary said, we're going to continue this series on neither give place to the devil. That's what it tells us in Ephesians 4 and verse 27. It says, neither give place to the devil. And oh, what a warning for us as we look at the new year, as we move into this new year. This is a great warning to all of us and a great message to all of us to neither give place to the devil. But unfortunately, we give all sorts of places to the devil, and we just let him use us and abuse us. And uh, we need to uh, put on the full armor of God so we can stand against the wiles of the wicked one. Now, by way of introduction, uh, I want to uh, just build on this uh, 18th uh, D, demonic D. And now when we, we've made so many promises, Brother Gary has said, for the new year. But we have already broken those promises because of one word. And that one word is disobedience. Disobedience. And why are so many people disobedient when it comes to obeying God? Why are they so disobedient? Because we have a fallen victim nature, and we have a fallen nature, and that we become victims of that nature. And uh, and that's a sinful nature. That sinful nature uh, started in the Garden of Eden, and we have inherited that nature of rebellion against God, and we consistently in rebellion to God and the things that God has called us to do. But the Bible tells us here 
uh, to neither give place to the enemy. Now, as we look to the new year, as we move in this new year, we need to make uh, uh, a commitment to God that we're not going to give the enemy a place in our life to be uh, disobedient, but obedient to the things of God. And that's what I want to talk to you tonight about is this one D word, which is disobedience. Uh, Disobedience started in heaven with the devil, and he brought that spirit of disobedience to the earth right now. And uh, even back in the days of Adam and Eve, he brought that disobedient spirit from heaven right to the earth in the Garden of Eden. And the Lord God told Adam and Eve to obey me, and he commanded them to obey him, saying in Genesis 2 and 17, you know, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, you will surely die. God commanded them to be obedient to that command. And the devil has been working with this, the children of disobedience ever since the beginning of time. It is an, in our own nature that we inherited from our foreparents, Adam and Eve, to be in direct defiance and disobedient to the Lord God who made us and designed us to obey him. So now in the body of my message, I want to share with you six comparisons, six comparisons that you may have never heard before in a sermon. Uh, These six comparisons, we want you to write them down and because it's quite interesting. Uh, Now, uh, when we look at these six comparisons, I want to uh, build upon two famous men in the Bible, two famous men in the Bible, one famous man in the Old Testament, and then one famous man in the New Testament. And I want to talk about these men and bring six comparisons between the two men. Number one, both of these men were named Saul. Both of them were named Saul in the Bible. That's number one. Number two, both of these men were from the tribe of Benjamin. We see in the Old Testament in 1 Samuel 9, verses 1 through 2, it says that King Saul was a Benjaminite. And we see also in the New Testament in Philippians 3 and 5, the Apostle Paul, uh, after he came to know the Lord. His name was changed from Saul to Paul, uh, but he shares his pedigree, his biography. And he says, uh, circumcised the eighth day and of the stock of Israel and the tribe of Benjamin. And uh, that's what he says. And then number three, and in the Old Testament, Saul was a tall, handsome, and impressive, impressive, attractive person to look upon. But in the New Testament, Saul of Tarsus was a short, not a handsome, nor impressive person to look upon. And number four, and in the Old Testament, Saul began as God's friend and ended up as God's enemy. And in the New Testament, Saul started off as God's enemy, but he ended up as being God's friend. (laughs) What a comparison. Oh, what a comparison. And number five, in the Old Testament, Saul went to the occultic medium witch of Endor in his hour of death. 
And we see this and learn about this in 1 Samuel chapter 28, the first seance ever mentioned in the Bible. And in the New Testament, Saul went and turned to the Word of God in his hour of death. And we learn about this in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Uh, Number six and lastly, in the Old Testament, Saul started off obedient, and he ended up being disobedient. But in the New Testament, Saul started off disobedient and ended up being obedient. Oh, I pray that we all end up this way with uh, as the as Saul of Tarsus, that he, all of us start off at a point where we're disobedient, but we need to end with being obedient to the things of God. Oh, I pray that prayer for all of us in this new year. Let me say this in conclusion. Question, what made the difference between these two men? What made the difference between these two men? In the Old Testament, Saul was disobedient. In the New Testament, Saul was obedient. And in the Old Testament, Samuel gave Saul some great and awesome advice for not only him but all of us. In 1 Samuel 15, verses 22 and 23, and verse 22, And Samuel said, Hath the Lord, Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than to fat rams, or the fat rams. And then verse 23, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Oh, that's what rebellion is. It's like witchcraft. It's the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because Thou hast rejected. Now, this is the problem right here. This was Saul's problem, and it's the problem with all of us today. He had ended up rejecting the word of the Lord. That's what it says in verse 23. He rejected the word of the Lord, and he has also rejected thee from being a king. Oh, that's one of the worst things to do as we look to this new year, to reject the word of God. King Saul's ongoing disobedience and rejection of God's word ultimately led to God rejecting King Saul. Notice everything begins with God's word in our life every day. I compare the life of of Saul to what Hosea 6 and 4 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected the Word of God, thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt not be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget thy children. Here is the problem today in our world, and we need to preach on this more and more in our churches. The problem today is that we don't have a love for God's Word. We don't have a love for God studying God's Word and, and also praying around God's Word and also meditating upon God's Word and getting into the Word of God and letting the Word of God get into us. A chapter a day keeps the devil away. A verse a day keeps the devil away. And we just don't haven't fallen in love with God's Word. This is a new year. You should... 
Commit to the Lord. Get on your knees and repent and say, in 2016, I wasn't in your word like I should be. But, Lord, in 2017 and the years to come, I'm going to get into your word. I'm going to soak it up like a sponge. I'm not going to be a sieve hedge. I'm going to be a sponge head into the word of God. So the problem today is just like with King Saul. There is a rejection of the Word of God in our homes, in our churches, in our missionary work, and everywhere in the world. There is a rejection of the Word of God. And God says, when you reject the Word, I will reject you. And he said, in Hosea 6 and 4, I will also reject the priests. Now, we see uh, the preachers, we see, uh, and the pastors, and we see that today that these priests, because they rejected the Word of God in the Old Testament, we have a lot of priests today in Catholic churches that are not into the Word of God. We have a lot of pastors in churches today that is not in the Word of God, and a lot of uh, preachers are not into the Word of God. We need to pray that we, as leaders, that we be an example to people around us where we're in the Word of God, because God goes a step further in Hosea saying, to the priests, you have rejected my Word. God has taken it a step further to those in leadership. And we see this was the problem with King Saul. He didn't have a love for the Word of God. He didn't go to the Word of God when the Philistines were pressuring him. He went to the witch of Endor. And so many times when pressure hit us today, we go to our emotions. We go to our feelings. We go to people that are not Christian counselors. We go to so many things that is not of God. And this is the thing that gets us in trouble It is a great sin to ignore and reject and never study and never read the Word of God. Let me say this in conclusion. We need to do three R's, three R's. We need to repent and turn back to the Word of God. That's the first R. The second R, when we repent, God will do a reformation in our lives and in our churches. And then the third R, reformation always leads to revival, And this starts with the turning back to the Word of God. God would use the prophets in the Old Testament to preach to the nations and say, you have turned away from the Word of God. Turn back to the Word of God. This is the warning that I'm giving to you this new year. Turn back to the Word of God. Repent. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. Amen. Amen. As I mentioned to our church the other day, how many of y'all buy things on eBay? I said, you know what? God has something better than eBay. It's called Obey. Amen. 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 Well, our phone line lines are open, and we want to give you an opportunity to give us a call tonight. It's one, The number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 5329 Don't be shy. Pick up that phone. Give us a call. We're here tonight to entertain your questions and your comments. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 Don't be shy. Pick up that phone and give us a call in this brand new year. We want to hear from you. Again, that number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. 
And we want to begin this new year by thanking everyone who's been praying for contending for the faith. Without your diligent prayers, we couldn't have stayed on the air as long as we have. We also want to thank all of those who gave over the last three weeks, Jackie, Gail, Mary, June, Jim, Kim, Richard, Carol, William, Sandra, Sierra, Charles, James, and Bruce. We are a listener-supported ministry, and it costs us 400 a week to remain on the air. Without your faithful giving, without your faithful donations, we couldn't do that work that God has called us to do. Um, you know, giving during the holidays is very difficult on ministries because that's when giving tends to decline. People are buying Christmas gifts and all the stuff is happening and what ends up happening is ministries like ours get neglected, but we need your help. We need you to stand with us, not only during the Christmas season, but all year long to be consistent in giving so we can consistently be on the air and consistently give reasons and answers for faith. It is so important. Won't you please partner with us if this ministry has been a blessing to you? Uh, there's two ways you can give. One, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Or the second is so much easier. Simply go to your computer or your laptop, your, your phone, tablet, and go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the Donate button, and away you go. It's that simple. And you will be making a difference in the lives and the souls of, for, of people for time and eternity. You will be surprised when you get into heaven and God says, turn around and look, and you'll see a multitude of people. You're going to say, who are these people, Lord? God's going to say to you, these are the people that made it into heaven as a result of your giving to these ministries. Our monies make a difference when we pay our tithes, when we give above the tithes and offerings and, and give to ministries like Contending for the Faith. These are investments that go before us into eternity. These are investments in the lives of people that will change lives in this life and in the life to come. So it's so important that we don't lose that vision, don't lose sight of the importance of giving. We have a special announcement. Dr. Buckner is going to be giving or teaching a class, a class on spiritual gifts and rewards, part one. It's going to be beginning February 20th. 2017. Uh, it's going to be at, located at the East Bay Baptist Association office located at 1221 Pacific Avenue in San Leandro, California. Again, mark your calendar Monday, February 20th, and the class will run through April 17th. Class will begin at 630 p.m. And it's going to be located at the East Bay Baptist Association office at 1221 Pacific Avenue San Leandro, California. If you're interested in this class, contact Dr. Buckner at area code 415-721-1778, or you can email him at jlbcftf at comcast.net. That's jlbcftf at comcast.net. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary, for the announcements, and uh, we are looking forward to this class. Uh, it's been a, um, a good while since I've been able to teach, and I'm looking forward to getting back to uh, teaching. I've been so busy with so many things, uh, 
and but uh, looking forward to teaching this class on spiritual gifts and rewards. And, you know, when I think about uh, some of the most important things in the body of Christ to learn and is spiritual gifts. I mean, that's one of the most important things in the church today, you know, besides uh, discipleship. And I've been uh, doing a lot of work around discipleship as well as uh, spiritual gifts. And we want to encourage you to uh, enroll and take this class because when we stand before God, he's either going to say, well done, or depart from me, or there's going to be a uh, a big loss of rewards because people didn't do the work that God called them to do. And most Christians today don't even know what their gifts are. They don't know what their gifts are. If you ask the average Christian, what is your gift? They wouldn't know. And then they may say, I believe I know, but they're not exercising it. So in this class, it'll help you to discover uh, not only your calling, but your gifts as well. And uh, your gifts and how you operate them will depend upon what type of reward you will get as well. And that's why it says in 1 Corinthians 3 that many people will suffer loss when they stand before God because they're totally ignorant to uh, their spiritual gifts in their lives. So we want to encourage you to listen each Saturday. We're going to be announcing this all the way up to the class. And you can call us and we can work out... uh, the details with you around that. Okay, Brother Gary, let's uh, get to uh, our callers. All right, we're going to go to Brother CC on line one. How you doing, CC? Hey, how you guys doing? We are blessed. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you guys, too. Thank and, you. And we trust that you had a blessed Christmas and a happy holy day. We could say holy day rather than holiday. Yeah. Holiday. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Blessing, yeah, just a blessing, just a wake up. All right, all right. Well, that's a great thing, great thing. So, what's on your heart tonight? I have a twofold question, and the first one, uh, 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 the first question I have uh, actually comes out of uh, the uh, uh, Thessalonians, the book of Thessalonians, chapter five. Okay, what's your what's your verse? Uh, it's verse seventeen. Okay, and uh, why don't you uh, uh, read that? No problem, sir. It says, pray without ceasing. And um, I just wanted you, if you can um, give me some some idea, you know, about this uh, about this verse, pray without ceasing. Because I've heard, I haven't heard this verse um, taught too much. I'm not saying it, has, it hasn't been taught too much, but I have never really heard it taught that much. And I just want to hear you expound on it, being that you're a, a good exegete the scriptures. Well, that's a, a good uh, uh, question, and it's, it's a very good uh, verse of Scripture as, as well. Um, well, it simply means this, that um, we should always have a heart and be in a spirit of always praying. Um, and uh, prayer doesn't have to be a situation where you're at church around a whole lot of people uh, doing it in a church setting. Uh, we should always be in the spirit of prayer uh, throughout the day. Uh, we should be uh, praying uh, in the morning, uh, praying and thanking God for a new day and thanking him for all that he has done and what he's going to do. And, uh, you know, that's why it tells us, even when it comes to spiritual warfare, you know, it uh, tells us, Paul tells us in another 
uh, verse of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 6, and praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication in the Spirit. So prayer should always be a thing that's continuously on our heart uh, without a break. In other words, when you're driving, uh, an example, um, when I'm driving, I'm just saying, Lord, be with me on these roads. Help me to be, uh, you know, wise as a serpent, calm as a dove. Help me to be alert. Jesus said, man, I'd always to pray. Now, notice Jesus uses the word always, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. So you are to watch and pray. You're to watch when you're driving, watch when you're walking and praying, and always be in a spirit of continuous asking God to watch over you. And before I speak, when I come on this radio program, I'm praying on my way here, and I'm asking God. I have a spiritual ritual that I do. I'm praying that God will be with me and that he'll give me the wisdom and knowledge to not only teach his word, but I pray that God will give me the strength and the wisdom to answer your questions that you ask. And so we are to pray for our family. We're always in the spirit of prayer for them. Pray for our nation. Uh, Pray for our children, pray for the marriage, pray for, it's so much to pray for. So we should always be in the spirit of prayer and continuously. And, uh, and it means consistently and regularly that we're always in that spirit. And then when we're dealing with the, the, the evil one, you know, that's always attacking us. He's attacking us in three ways, right? He attacks us through uh, himself in the spiritual realm, uh, he attacks us in, with the flesh in the inner realm, and he attacks us with the world in the outer realm. And so we're constantly in spiritual warfare. That's why it says in Ephesians 6, and praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. So, And Jesus said to watch and pray, you know, always watch and pray. So uh, Paul's... Uh, teaching to us, is telling us to be always alert, always have that spirit of prayer on our hearts, and you will be surprised when you do that. It don't have to be a long prayer. You know, Jesus even gives us a good example of a good prayer to pray, right? The disciples' prayer, you know, which is in Matthew 6, right, and throughout the New Testament, our Father, which art in heaven, because they were asking him, how should we pray? And then he went through that uh, disciples' prayer, Our Father, which art in heaven, how would be thy name? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And he went through the whole thing with them. And then part of that prayer is deliver us from the evil one. So every day you should ask God to deliver you from the evil one, even when you get ready to go to sleep at night. Lord, deliver me from bad dreams. Every time I pray that prayer, God protects me when I'm sleeping at night. Then when I get up in the morning, I'm, I've got a spirit of prayer on my heart, and I'm praying with the armor of God. And then throughout the day, you know, when I'm in the car, when I'm uh, walking, when I'm doing my exercise, I'm praying. So we need to be in a spirit of prayer, and it will make a difference in our lives. Or you can break it up where you're praying in the morning, 
And then you t- you have your devotional time where you're praying in the morning with God and you're in the Bible and you're in the Word. And then the afternoon, you have that time of prayer. And then in the evening, you have that time of prayer. So you can break it up in the three. Or you can have the short prayer throughout the day in everything you do. Because even when you, when you get ready to eat, right, you have a prayer of thankfulness. And you're praying in season and out. That's what we are to do. And you come out of that being victorious. You come out of that with power because you're praying with power and you're praying for God's protection consistently over you and around you. So hopefully that helps you out. That's good. I mean, yeah, it helps it out a lot. Very good. Appreciate yeah. that. Yes. Amen. Amen. Let it be always on your heart. Let it always be in your spirit. Let it always be a thing that you're doing, but you're watching with it as well. You got to watch and pray. You know, because Jesus said the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And when you're up against all this stuff, and then we have to pray for the leaders of our country, pray for the new uh, upcoming president, pray for all those things, pray for the sick and shut-in, pray, pray without ceasing. We have so much to pray for, so we need to do that without, and pray for us, pray for the radio programs, pray for the ministry. You know, we all need that. All righty. Hopefully that helps out. That's a lot. Can I make a comment too, Dr. Yes, Buckley? yes. <clears throat> One thing I always like to tell people, prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we have situations and the last thing we do is pray. Mm-hmm. Prayer should be the first thing that we do. Secondly, <clears throat> when you talk to people and they ask you to pray, don't say, okay, I'll pray for you when I get home. Mm-hmm. Pray for them on the spot. Pray for them at that moment because oftentimes you get home, it slips your mind, things happen. And usually when somebody's requesting prayer, they need a touch at that moment. They need to hear uh, you pray for them in that moment. They're hurting in that moment. So don't wait till you get home. Don't wait till tomorrow or the next day. Pray for them on the spot. Amen. Good, good point. And also including with that Pray for people as you as you uh, lead them to the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people that's lost, and so have a time where you pray them, pray with them in a spirit of repentance, a prayer of repentance. So all that stuff. So let's get your. Uh, we have about a minute before we get to uh, the commercial, and then we're gonna uh, get to the other calls. But got a minute? Let's get your prayer request in here. I actually have one more question too. I mean, maybe it's not enough, maybe it's not enough time, huh? Right, right. You, because uh, I dealt with this one so long. Let's uh, the, with the second part uh, next Saturday. Let's let's deal with that. All right, no problem. Okay, and what's on your heart? Your your prayer request? Just, uh, just, just pray for my family and pray pray for me, and then just pray for um, celebrities in general. You know, for the, for the, all celebrities for their salvation. I noticed. Um, over to 2016, over 100 celebrities uh, passed away, so they definitely need, you know, to know the gospel. That's a lot of, that's that's most celebrities I've seen in one year pass away. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, let's pray. Lord, we just lift up Brother CC. We pray for his health, his strength, his thoughts, his minds. We pray, Lord God, for his family, that you protect them and keep them safe. We pray, Lord God, that you continue to have your favor rest upon him mightily. We also lift up all of these celebrities that we've talked about in the past, Lord God. You know who they are, and there's so many of them, just like 
all of us, they need you, Lord Jesus. We pray that you would bring people into their lives that bear witness to the living and true God, that they might receive you and be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Cece, for your call, and God bless you. All right. Well, it's time for us to take a commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 5329 Don't be shy. Pick that phone up. Let us know what's on your mind. Again, the number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. We just want to remind you our phone lines are open. We still have a little bit of time left in the broadcast to entertain your questions and comments. The number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 Once again, we want to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith over the last few weeks and all of you who have been partnering with us all along financially to support this ministry. It costs us $400 a week to remain on the air, and we desperately need your continued support through prayer and through your financial giving. There's two ways to donate. One, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920, or simply go online to Contending faith.org uh, that's contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity your monies just don't go into a black hole they go into the support of this ministry which brings people to Christ gives reasons and answers for faith that touches lives all over the country so we want to encourage you that you can be a blessing and an encouragement and help people come to Christ by participating with us, partnering with us through your financial giving. Once again, we also want to remind you, Dr. Buckner will be teaching a new class, Spiritual Gifts and Rewards, Part 1, beginning February 20th at the East Bay Baptist Association office located at 1221 Pacific Avenue in San Leandro, California. Again, that's Monday, February 20th um, at 6.30 p.m. If you're interested in this class, contact Dr. Buckner at area code 415-721- one seven seven eight. That's area code four one five seven two one one seven seven eight. Or email him at jlbcftf at comcast.net. That's jlbcftf at comcast.net. Dr. Bugner. Thank you, Brother Gary. So well said. And uh, we are eager to get back to uh, our callers. And who do we have next? Uh, Coming up on Jermaine. Amen. How you doing, Jermaine? Oh, I'm doing very well, fellas. Well, Happy New Year to you, my brother. Yeah, Happy New Year. Good to hear you guys. Yes, we trust you had a blessed Christmas and a, a blessed New Year thus far. Oh, yes, it did. And I'm, I'm still here, so it was it was definitely a blessing. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, what's the question on your heart tonight? Well, just, um, I don't know if you guys have heard about the, like, a recent controversy going with uh, a couple of the gospel singers, Kim Burrell and, and uh, Shirley Caesar. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, Kimberly made a comment about homosexuality in her church during some kind of sermon, and someone recorded it, and when it got out, it just kind of uh, created a firestorm for her personally. And I, I believe she's singing on the, the uh, track of the new movie about the African-American woman who helped uh, NASA with mathematics. Uh, so she's just been getting attacked, and people are shocked that some Christians are agreeing with her. She didn't say anything hateful, but I noticed they label it hate speech, and they're kind of taking that 
it's a trend. They're kind of taking that angle to attack, so you can't even preach from the Bible anymore. And I keep hearing so much about love. I was just wondering, when people say statements like God is love, is it their version of love versus a different kind of love that, that uh, you know, embodies God in the Bible? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think the, what people do oftentimes, they redefine love, and love to them and from a worldly standpoint is that uh, you are to tolerate everything in the world, uh, including homosexuality. Uh, but uh, true love is uh, a, a love that uh, balances itself out with the justice and judgment of God. So love lets people know that God loves them because Jesus died for their sins and stuff like that. But justice and judgment says if you turn away from that love, then uh, you will not only be disciplined and judged, but you can lose your soul for all eternity. And the Bible is very clear on homosexuality, and also not just homosexuality, but it's clear on fornication, adultery, and and, and idolatry, and all those things. And it tells us in uh, 1 Corinthians 6, those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, I, I don't think love is really love unless we tell people the truth, and love carries with it truth. Uh, not error. It carries with it truth. It doesn't carry with it compromise and and contradiction and confusion. It simply lets people know that God does love them. God cares about them. And one of the great scriptures on that is John 3 and 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so, but God uh, has another message with that, that love, is that you know, he he demands that we live pure and holy and righteous lives. That's what love demands of us. And if we don't do that, then the consequences can be that we can lose our souls for all eternity. There's not enough preaching on hell in our churches. People uh, seem to be afraid to preach on hell and to uh, teach on it. But Jesus spent more time preaching on uh, hell than he did on heaven, because there are two things that Jesus preached on more so than anything else, and that was love of money uh, and also hell, and because he knew that those things would send people to eternal hell. So our job is to be faithful to that. But I think uh, I have a respect for Kim's, uh, Beryl's, uh, Beryl's music. I mean, I even have some of her CDs, and she's a great... Uh, a gospel artist and stuff like that. But I, I think one of the things that I would uh, warn her of is that I think we need to have that type of spirit like um, uh, the, um, you know, Chick-fil-A uh, brought forth, you know, uh, the message to the world and uh, the son of the owner simply uh, when he was cornered up about the whole gay thing, what's his stance on the situation? Uh, he simply said that, uh, you know, that the, that we as Christians love homosexuals for Christ's sake, but we don't agree with their lifestyle because we live by a higher dictate, and that's the Bible. The Bible does love uh, 
through God, everybody, but it demands of us that we repent of sinful lifestyles. And uh, so that's the way he answered it. Uh, you know, uh, Truett Cathy's uh, son, he, Truett Cathy, is the founder of uh, Chick-fil-A, and he went through great persecution just being saying it in a loving way. That's a very loving way that, hey, we don't agree with the lifestyle, but uh, we love homosexuals for Christ's sake. And they, uh, the gay community, boycotted, uh, you know, tried to boycott uh, Chick-fil-A and do everything they could, but the businesses just skyrocketed. I don't believe you can hold down the child of God no matter what you try to do because uh, Jesus made it very clear in Matthew 16, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The gates of hell will come up against us. But I think uh, the the thing that I would say to Kim uh, is that, you know, um, be careful uh, to what you say in the sense of uh, it's it's okay to uh, challenge the lifestyle, but don't be uh, too boisterous around the whole situation in the sense of, you know, uh, using words that can be, uh, you know, uh, depicting their character and stuff like that, just get to the sin and simply say, you know, uh, the lifestyle of which they're living is I don't agree with that because I believe in the Word of God, and the Word of God teaches that we are to um, to live a Christian lifestyle and not a homosexual lifestyle, and these are the consequences of 1 Corinthians 6, that if we do go in that direction, that we will not inherit the kingdom of God. I mean, that's pretty raw bone right there. So, but we need to pray for her. I appreciate her boldness that she's, uh, you know, stands for truth. And I know oftentimes when you do that, there's great consequences for doing that. And so I admire her for that. And uh, and she's going to experience a whole lot as a result of doing that. But we need to surround her with a lot of prayers. And, and I think she just needs to be uh, guided by some good uh, direction herself that, she approaches it in a right way that uh, there's a way to uh, to challenge the wickedness of our world today without uh, making people feel that they're uh, demeaning of the, the, the homosexual community. And that's the thing that I would just challenge her upon. And, uh, you know, and there's some good materials that we have and that we can refer people to, like her and others who want to have an effective approach to homosexuals. Okay, well, thank you very much, Dr. Buck. Well, thank you so much for your call and your question. All right. God bless you. Mm, well said, Dr. Buck. I think the church has uh, <clears throat> you know, a lot to learn in, in terms of how to respect homosexuals and, and properly show love and at the same time speak the truth. Amen. You know, Amen. That's, that's been very difficult um, for the church, and uh, we've gotten a lot of pushback as a result. Yes, I had a, a, a knew a guy that was uh, he was not a, a practicing homosexual, but he had homosexual tendencies, and he uh, disclosed to me because he felt comfortable talking to me about it. He worked at a Christian bookstore, and he uh, told me that he has had a difficult time being in churches because uh, they're just judging him because he has a feminine way about him. He says, "I'm a Christian. I repented of this lifestyle," but he said, "I just don't." I have not felt welcome in a lot of churches, and I've felt more welcome going to the Castro District in San Francisco 
And that's a shame, you know, because we need to make people feel at home at the same time, letting them know clearly that this is a sin and don't uh, pick no bones around it, but at the same time, work with people and build them up and rather than uh, laughing at them and mocking them and making them feel terrible uh, for their uh, whatever lifestyle they had before, because we all come out of a lot of mess. Exactly. We all, but but like Paul said, but for the grace of God, but you for know. The grace of God. Yeah, yeah. I'm here because of the grace mm-hmm. of God, Paul says, and that's what we got to keep in mind. Well, let's get to uh, Sister Lee. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. All right, um, thank you for your call tonight. What's on your heart tonight? Well, thank you first of all for encouraging all of us to read God's word. Because when we read God's Word in context and all of it, not just selected passages or not just limited to the New Testament or the parts that we like, um, then we have an idea of what God's mind is. And that's the only way we're going to be able to love Him and, as you were saying before, obey Him, is to read God's Word. And I was thinking how... Amen to that. We're only one generation. It seems like we are only one generation away from losing everything. And right now, I feel sorry for kids that are not grounded in the faith, because uh, if parents are not teaching their children how to stand up, like, for instance, we're still in the Christmas season and one of my favorite uh, hymns, just because of the melody, it, God rest ye merry gentlemen. Well, Mary isn't happy. Apparently the word meant mighty. That's why it says, let nothing you dismay. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. And if you look at the words to that hymn, it's to build them up. The body of Christ is supposed to be strong, not caving to people. And for instance, with Jermaine's call, I mean, that touches on freedom of practicing religion, freedom of speech, and we can't be bullied into submission and and make apologies for God's Word. And we need to know God's Word in order to speak lovingly, but also speak the truth. And with that singer, she actually was saying it in church, and she was outed for it. So, you know, that's where I say freedom of speech is a problem. But when, in that case, but when we, when we talk about, you know, how we're one generation away when we don't teach people how to be, to equip them, to equip them for the faith, um, I was thinking how the Old Testament and the New Testament has a dramatic break with knowing your tribe. Even in Jesus' day, we know who was from the tribe of Levi, Judah, and all those other tribes. They knew it. Benjamin, you mentioned Saul. But after the destruction of the temple, or somehow, I don't think people even know their their tribes anymore. I mean, it, it was like that for thousands of years, from Abraham to, to Jesus and the New Testament. Am I just unaware in and maybe they had kept it for 500 years or 1,000 years and, and stopped it. I don't know, since it's been 2,000 years. But it seems like Jews would not know what tribe they're in now. And, and, and in the body of Christ, there are no tribes. I mean, we're, we are just part of the body of Christ. But, but that's what I was thinking, how we're one generation from losing everything, everything we've been taught and held to. And... and uh, 
Well, that's it. That's it. Very true. And thank you for the things that you're sharing. And we we really agree with what you're talking about. Um, I would say this: that um, the world today is getting so uh, anti God and so away from God that um, we know that Jesus has, well, in the Old Testament, always said that God has saved a remnant. And then today, as we continue to deteriorate as a generation and as a world, that God always will preserve a remnant of people. And uh, that's the good news. And that's why we got to get out there and preach the word. He says, many are called, but few are chosen. So uh, this is the world by which we live. But I'd like to dialogue with you more about this. It's a good discussion, and I want to say some more things on that, but I I hear that sound. (laughs) But call in again, and let's pick up this discussion, and I want to add some more things to it. But think in terms of the remnant. Brother Gary, thank you so much for your call, Lee. Thank you. All right, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. We'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, Rick, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note. Let us know how this program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time, when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.